Heebie-Jeebies brought to you by Eternally Bored Productions. This is the horror podcast by fans, for fans, and about fans. And I am your host still, Sam Carlson. And today we have a returning guest, the great Scott. Just just great Scott. We've been over this many times. Many times. God, why do, why do you have such a one. problem with the? Well, you're not the only one, but I don't need an article to, to express myself. Or do you? It, no, I don't. Why? Being very clear about it, I don't. Why? Uh, because I don't feel that it's necessary. I think it's, it's superfluous putting a V in front of it. I'm just great Scott. People know that I'm, I am the only great Scott. The only one there is. I'm thinking about getting it trademarked, actually. I'm in the process of it. Um, I'm talking to my lawyers right now, but uh, I'm also a professional wrestler, which you failed to mention to your audience. So. You're a returning guest, so if they've been listening to the podcast, which they have been, then true, they would know true, that true, you true. are a professional wrestler. Go back to our episode on The Thing, and you can hear all about uh, my pro wrestling exploits. you probably hear a little bit more about it later on. This is today. true. So, anyway, we were going to be talking about, uh, for March, which is Mini Monster Madness, hashtag it. We were going to be talking about Colt Chucky, but because Great Scott is a professional wrestler, he has a very demanding schedule. Extremely. Yeah. Extremely. So we are actually going to be segueing that into why he doesn't like horror movies in particular, which we touched on briefly, but we didn't really explore it that much. So now so we're, now we're going to get into it. Yeah, where would you like to start with that? Um, man, let's think. Um, I'm trying to think of the first scary movie I ever saw, or the first horror movie I ever saw, and I'm drawing a complete blank. Uh, probably Jaws, maybe. Would that count? Would that count as a horror movie? Absolutely. We actually had a great episode on Jaws oh. with Austin Rogers. So it, it's definitely a horror movie. Okay. Well, that's the first one that I remember seeing. I was probably about eight years old when I saw it. And um, it was very suspenseful. There was not really a whole lot of uh, shark attacking in that movie until sort of the end. They backloaded. You know, the front's just more building the suspense, you know, setting the table, as you will. But, uh, you know, the actual blood and guts doesn't come until after, which that is the kind of movie that I like, more of a suspenseful movie. I wouldn't consider it a horror movie necessarily, although it is horrific. But, uh, you know, I like movies where there is that element of suspense there. And um, I think in a nutshell, I feel like modern horror movies don't quite have that from what I've seen. Like your, your Nightmares on Elm Streets, your Friday the 13th, I've seen them, and it's just, you know, it gets right to the blood and guts pretty quick, and I'm just like, eh, eh. I'm not going to disagree, but I'm going to disagree. I mean, I, I feel like uh, Jaws was a horror movie, but because one of the reasons why it was successful is because you didn't see the shark show up until about maybe 45 minutes to an hour or so. Absolutely. There was a lot of buildup, and uh, I think the first time that I really remember seeing the shark show up in all of its glory was when uh, Roy Schreider, who plays, uh, who plays Chief Brody, was throwing Chum into the water, and all of a sudden this fucking giant-ass mechanical shark comes out of the water. I was like, what the fuck? Shout out to the animatronics in that movie, too. Like, the the practical effects are, you know, one of the things that I do look for in sort of movies like that. If I am going to watch a horror movie, I don't want to see, like, really garbage special effects. I want to see I want to see some real practical effects. I want to see some, you know, some machines. I want to see some weird Let's costumes. see some fucking puppets. Yeah, let's see some, let's see some stuff. That's what I want to see. And I, I, I definitely agree with that. You know, I'm a big fan of uh, practical effects. And, you know, there were a lot of use, you know, I have to defend the Nightmare on Elm Street series because there was a lot of use of practical effects, specifically like in Nightmare on Elm Street 3. There is a scene where a pig barks at somebody, a roasted pig on a table. And the way that they did that scene was there was actually somebody's hand inside of an actual pig doing that. So it was like very, very much like poor man's puppetry. But it looked great. And CG, I'm very much over it. I think one of the big things, like uh, since you were on The Thing previously, uh, The Thing in 2011, the prequel to it, they had... I guess some amount of practical effects, but they actually painted over them with CG, which is so which was dumb. Unfortunate, yeah. Like I think for a lot of movies, not just horror movies, but movies in general, I think CG is kind of a crutch uh, for a lot of them. And to be fair, the thing, um, the one from the '80s was they did have a little bit of CG.
CGI where you're showing the uh, spaceship in the very beginning where it's like crashing in. That was like the only CGI. And I was like, well, you know, I'll cut you a break because it's a spaceship in outer space and it'd be hard to do that with practical effects. But everything else was was pretty much just, you know, stuff that they cooked up there in-house, in studio. And, um, you know, it was horrific because it came out of someone's mind. It reminds me of... Uh, uh, Akira, the the animated the anime yes. movie, you know, it's very much like body horror type stuff, um, but mixed in with this sort of alien narrative, which is my whole thing. That's one of my favorite movies in general. Definitely my favorite horror movie for sure. The thing, so that's that's why we had the episode about it because that's also one of the few horror movies I've ever seen. Um, so we need we need to get back to the whole point of why why it is that I don't watch horror movies because I haven't really thought a whole lot about it personally. It's just it seems to me like um, a lot of them are sort of they try almost a little bit too hard to scare you. Like when you when you put something into the box of a category, whether it be horror or comedy or something like that. The audience already almost kind of knows what they're getting into. So that's why I like yeah. more suspenseful, you know, more like, okay, maybe there might even be a few, like, comedic aspects of it in the beginning to sort of set you at ease and stuff like that. But there's always this disease. Meanwhile, my alarm on my phone goes off. So you can segue into something else and carry off on what that is. And then I'm going to turn that ringer off really quick. Give me two seconds. All right. As I slowly swivel over here with my microphone, trying to not to let it go flaccid or anything like that because that's a thing that happens to microphones right so uh you know as as far oh jesus christ we're good, we're good. okay we're fine fix my phone all right difficulties it's fine not a problem if your ringer goes off it goes off you're a busy person I mean, you know, like basically any time like Great Scott's ringer goes off or his text messages go off, it's like somebody trying to book him. So he's a very busy person. The fact that he's even here is awesome. We've we've actually been trying to set up me being a guest on this podcast, no joke, for what, like the last like four months or so? Like, yeah, that we've been pretty much. It we were going to talk about Tremors, which I did see. Uh, mm -hmm. That was another one that I saw when I was a kid, and that one was same deal. It had the, uh, the suspenseful elements. It had some comedic elements elements in there. It wasn't just like a straight horror movie. Um, but yeah, I feel like I feel like some of these movies over rely on too much on gore stuff. So like uh, the gore porn uh, genre of uh, horror movies like Hostel and Saw and stuff like that. Saw was a little bit less so because it did have the suspenseful elements. I did see Saw and I was let see Saw. And, and uh, <laughs> I'm sure that happens all the time when people are talking about it. Um, and yeah, I, I actually enjoyed the concept of Saw. I think the the little puppet was kind of a little bit much. Like that's just eh, you're trying. James Wan has like a sex puppet fetish, though. I'm pretty con I'm pretty convinced because most of his movies have some sort of puppets in them. But sex puppet though, so I'm I think he has a sex dungeon full of puppets. I really do, and I think that Saw puppet is one of them. Well, we're not here to kink shame, so. I mean, I'm not kink shaming. I'm no, just no, no, stating. No, 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 I'm, I'm just. Saying, I'm just yeah, stating yeah. facts. I'm just stating facts that these facts that I believe are true. Whatever gets you off, as long as it's you know above board and all that. So yeah, and you know, but what about consent? Like, can puppets consent? Well, in the future with AI and stuff like that, that's going to be an interesting, interesting concept. So um, I don't know. Maybe that could be a horror movie or something like that, like a sex doll, but like they're aware and they're conscious, but they can't consent because they're programmed. I don't so it's going to be like a rape revenge flick, but with a puppet. Maybe. I mean, that's essentially what that one movie was. What was it with uh, the guy and he went to the... Ex Machina? Yes. That was, I saw that one too. So with the, I don't know if that would count as a horror movie. That I haven't seen it. Want to see it though. Looks really good. That's pretty good. They have a good dance number in there, which is something that not a lot of horror movies have. So I did not expect that. No. Like a full dance number with like a full chorus of like dancing girls no, doing can can or it was the main uh, antagonist and his one of his sex robots. They were having a dance sequence, so it was just the two of them. It was the two of them, while the the I 
I guess protagonist was just sort of watching. And so it was kind of like mo- mostly like a slow romantic dance, maybe no, or like it, a tango. It was it was uh, it was like a funky kind of like seventies like Soul Train like you know coming down and doing the whole thing. Um, I'll sh- I'll show you after we're done recording. It was actually it was a very good scene, very well done. Okay. Uh, excellent choreography on the dances as well. So you know my hats off to uh, those two actors for that. Okay, fair enough. I still really want to see that movie though. It's good. I, you know, I would it's, I would recommend it. Yeah, it's still on Be- my list. I would recommend it because I don't see it as a straight horror movie. Like it's not the intent of that movie and the intent of movies I like that have horrific elements to them but aren't just necessarily you couldn't categorize them as straight horror. More like a they set you ill at ease, you know? Like there's just a a theme of uh, discomfort throughout the movie where you're just like something about this just isn't right you where know? your nerves feel on edge but you don't necessarily have a good reason why but right. that is the the response that your body's giving you that to me that to me is horror so seeing okay. someone like a Freddy Krueger who this man was a pedophile and they killed him and now he's haunting people's dreams I mean that's they give you all that exposition essentially within the first 30 minutes of the movie and it's just like oh okay so okay wackiness ensues or what you know. Okay, correction. I'm sorry I'm going on your favorite. Your no, favorite no, it's part. fine. No, no, I'm not, you know, I'm just having to make corrections okay. because, like, I understand that, you know, like, I am really, a, I'm a huge Freddy fangirl, obviously. And I'm just going to make a couple of corrections and I, you know, I'm not going to fault you for anything. I am very ignorant on Friday the 13th lore, so. I it is Nightmare on Elm Street, but okay. <laughs> See, there you go. Well, I'm, I'm That's a good point. Ignorant on that one as well, so. So, one, in, in the original canon for Nightmare on Elm Street, until we got to the reboot, which was terrible. He was not a pedophile per se. He was a child murderer. And the reason because the reason that they didn't make him a pedophile is because there were a lot of uh, there was a lot of pedophilia happening around that time, especially with the crimes. satanic panic. That was that was what that mm-hmm. was back then in the eighties. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was happening, but I don't. Abuse. Yes, but I don't believe that was uh, part of the, uh, the 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 reason why Wes Craven decided to only make him a child murderer. And then as far is like when that becomes uh, apparent about him being a child murderer it's a little bit further into the movie it's about 45 50 minutes or so and I'm sorry I'm just kind of a stickler for it only because uh, you know the reason that I uh, like that particular franchise is because it actually got me interested in dream theory which has continued on through my life so that's the only reason why I hold that particular franchise dear to my heart so you know I understand like if you don't understand why you know you don't have the background it's totally fine I definitely don't have the background it's totally fine it's not a big deal well the other thing too I think and I think this is really more of the bigger issue of why I never really got into horror movies was because nobody else in my family was really big into horror movies like my parents weren't it doesn't seem like your parents would be into horror movies my parents really aren't into movies at all like I still to this day like I don't know what it is my parents like why do they have a TV they they don't ever turn it on I know know right like why it's funny they have a TV but they have it set to like this like fake fireplace thing so they'll play that all day and it's just like okay so you know that TVs play other stuff right like you can you can you can put other things on there so I mean my parents were never really big into horror movies um, they really weren't big into movies any anyways which is like unfortunate because I'm a big fan of cinema in general um, you know I love different kinds of movies and stuff like that but uh, horror movies was one that I never really you know had an serious introduction to maybe it was um, maybe it was because my parents were like oh well he's young and we don't want him watching horror movies and stuff like that like my mom is very overprotective uh, no shit really especially when I was a kid she was like no 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 we have to you know we have to keep him out of uh, football we don't want him which actually looking back and well that's because your head was too big for the helmet that too actually that's I've got another story about that about middle school football me going out for that but that's that's a story for another time but uh his head was too big for the helmet that's a story well it wasn't that it was too big it was just a 
of the entire class of my sixth grade. They were going down the line and they were like, all right, these are like size five and a half helmets and everybody that had a five and a half head would get their helmet. And they were like, all right, let's move up to six. And I was like, this still doesn't fit. Let's move up to seven, still doesn't fit. Move up to eight, still doesn't fit. By the time we were done, it was me and this guy, uh, he was, his name was Pierre. He was about- He was not, his name was his not His name Pierre. legitimately was Pierre. Uh, and he was in sixth grade. He was already well in excess. Was he a cartoon skunk? No, no, no. He was just a big, big portly fellow, portly gentleman. Do you smell? I don't remember. I think we all smelled. It was, you know. I mean, it was middle school. It was middle school. It was middle school athletics. So, yeah, we probably all smelled. Um, But, yeah, this uh, this particular uh, young lad weighed about 250 pounds at that point. And between me and him, we had the two biggest heads in our class of uh, people that were going out for football. And it was very, uh, you know, very eye-opening to me. I knew I had a big head, but, um, you know, I didn't realize that comparatively to other people my age, it was that big. So, anyways. Well, well, to be fair, you have a very big brain. So, you have to have a bigger head to accommodate the big brain. And my body, my body is filled into it, too. So, if you see me nowadays, like, it doesn't look as bad. But if you look at me in pictures when I was, like, four or five years old, it's like... I've seen those pictures when you were younger. I mean, you don't look... You don't look any different. You, I mean, like especially I now, aged though. Somehow, somehow, my face hasn't aged. Yeah, you're like you're like uh, basically Patrick Stewart then, basically. or Steve Martin. Like you don't age. You can't tell the passage of time. No, no. Maybe they're maybe they're horror uh, antagonists in these movies. Maybe maybe they're. I like to think of them as protagonists. Dorian Gray type situations. Maybe Ooh, Dorian like- Gray. That would be another. That would have to be another. Another story for another time, though. Maybe. Like, whether or not he's the protagonist or the antagonist in that. Yeah. But we went off on kind of a tangent there. But my point being was, uh, you know, it was sort of a... I wasn't really exposed to uh, the horrific elements of cinema for for a good long while. I mean, Jaws was sort of one of them. Um, My parents got that from Blockbuster when I was like eight years old. And um, let's see, Tremors also was another one. My friend brought that over on VHS when we had a sleepover at or around that same time. That was actually the first time I ever slept, or the same first time I ever stayed awake past uh, like three or four in the morning and I was like whoa this is crazy like you know as a kid and I was like man this is probably never going to happen again cut to the last two weeks of my life where I've been you know going to bed at about like one or two every night and waking up at about three or four so I have really bad insomnia lately so if only I could go back and tell that young me like look kid this isn't that great you know enjoy your sleep while you can yeah such is the life of being in your 30s and being a pro wrestler although you're just edging on your 30s so I'm going to be 31 in uh, a week or two, so. Oh, that makes me feel old. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well. Because I've got like four years on you. Well, you have four years in age, but as far as like mileage on your body, I'm pretty sure I've got. Oh, no, you have way more. Yeah. Yeah, no. I mean, I can only take so many dicks, you know, and it's like, you know, you haven't had that. So it's a different kind of mileage. I definitely haven't taken any dicks before, so. True, 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 true. Vaginas are much more inviting, personally, so they don't take as much of a Can you take a vagina versus can you take a dick? You can. I mean, you could, but it's like. You can take it in the sense of, you know, I'm going to take your vagina, you know, not like, not like. (laughs) Not like the vagina taking you. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, really, you're not taking dick. The dick is taking you in a way. I don't know. We need to we need to figure out the, the metaphor behind that. I don't know. Because the vagina can't take... The, well, the vagina will take the dick. But anyways, we're, we're getting off tangent here. So... Yeah, we're still talking about horror movies. You yeah. know, and I wanted to bring something up about... Uh, because one of the things that, uh, for me, as far as horror films go, I really don't have a lot of time for ghost stories. For ghost stories. Uh, in a lot of cases. I think the, the... Like, Japanese horror films do ghost stories appropriately... But here in America, we don't really have the same kind of reverence for them, and we don't give the give the plot enough enough love and attention. And for me, it's like I feel like every ghost story that I uh, see on the big screen, it kind of fucking sucks. The Conjuring movies are kind of stand out for me, but I think a lot of that is the fact that it's. Uh, 
Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga, and they're playing the Warrens, Ed and Lorraine, who are a real couple, and, you know, they did a lot of these investigations, even though they are essentially charlatans and snake oil salesmen. Uh, they do have great chemistry, and they do depict a very loving couple on screen, which I like. The movies are good, but for me, like, ghost stories don't really seem to have any sort of weight to them. Well, that's the other thing, too, is I really, um, anytime that I see a movie and it's marketed as based on a true story, especially if it's a horror movie, I immediately check out. I'm just like, really, based on a, based on a true story. Based okay. on a true story. So you're using that as a as a framework, but there's definitely going to be some, uh, some narrative leeway in this. You know, like, it's not going to be what actually happened. It's going to be what makes for the best story. Which is fine, don't get me wrong, but, you know, going into a movie like that, I'm already, you know, like, really, this is based on a true story? It really happened like this? Um, I think I think pro wrestling has kind of ruined the way that I... Uh we just had some technical difficulties there. We had some cords coming out and stuff like that. I was talking about how uh, pro wrestling has kind of affected the way that I approach media and stuff like that. So I'm always, you know, I always try and look at things logically. Does this make sense? Um, and honestly, in a lot of these these movies, especially the ones where they're, you know, based on a true story or something like that, um, I'll often look at it and be like, well, this, this doesn't make any sense. And I have no, you know frame of reference for how this could possibly happen, you know, and I, admittedly it's about, you know, paranormal stuff. I personally have never seen a ghost that I can recall. Um, I don't hold out the exception that they might exist, maybe, but um, I think at the same time a lot of these movies take a lot of liberties. And the other thing, too, because you were talking about Japanese ghost stories versus American ghost stories, I think Japan has more of an established tradition uh, and a history around ghosts and spirits and stuff in their mythology, whereas America doesn't really have that. Like, America, we have our own mythology, but it's more based around, like, tall tales and stuff like that. Like, unless there was a horror movie about Paul Bunyan or something like that, which there could be, maybe. Or, you know, evil mm -hmm. Johnny Appleseed, something like that. Well, I mean, technically, if you want to go into American horror, we're talking about, you know, it. There is a part in the book where a giant Paul Bunyan statue does attack Richie in the book. And it seems like that's also going to be happening in at least it part two, because they do show a Paul Bunyan statue in the first one. And Pennywise is sitting on the shoulder at some point. I believe it was uh, part of the production uh, production uh, photos from the second one. So I would not be surprised to see that happen. Interesting. But it's not the same. Like, it's not the same as what you were talking about, though. No. Because it's not, like, integrated into your culture. It's just like, this is kind of just a scare that's happening. Right. It's almost it's almost like a gag at that point, you know? Yes. But, I mean, if it's, if it's in the movie and it was in the book, then it would be, I would consider it more of a callback, more of an homage to the original and stuff like that, and, you know, trying to incorporate those aspects, but um, I don't know, I don't know how you could uh, incorporate some of the, the mythology of, like, early Americana into a horror movie or something like that. I'm sure, I'm sure there's ways, because, I mean, you look at uh, things like the Appalachians and stuff like that. I mean, those are horrific areas, I think. I mean, they're beautiful, too, but there is kind of, if you're driving through them, it's almost like, man, this is almost, like, too beautiful. It's almost too quiet. Um, it's all those wi the, the whiners. Fuck. Miners in West Virginia. Whiners in West Virginia. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, close enough. Uh, no, but I mean, I, I think that all corners of America do have their own ghost stories, but we're not really... Uh, per se receptive to them uh, in Japan it's very much integrated into the culture same with like uh, I went to Japan for a study abroad program I only spent ten, two weeks there 10 weeks I wish I had spent 10 weeks I only spent two weeks there but at the same time we would go places where there was just you know we would go to a bar and there would be a random Shinto shrine outside the bar uh, because everything kind of acclimated around those shrines well, they, we don't they, have that same connection to spirituality here. Well, they also didn't view all spirits as necessarily malevolent, malevolent so they would have the spirit of your ancestors and stuff like that, and it would be ghosts in the sense that they're still present, I guess, would be the best way of saying it, but yeah. uh, 
uh, not malevolent, more just, you know, watching over you, you know, protecting you, stuff like that. And I mean, that goes back to animism and stuff like that, and that's been with humanity for a very long time. Uh, ancestor worship, stuff like that, so. So, can you explain more about animism for our listening audience? No, I cannot, because uh, I'm Thanks. not... I'm I not, appreciate that. Yeah, I'm not as well read into it, but I mean, that is... I'll, I'll try and do my best. That is, you know, one of the earliest forms of religion because, you know, it's one of the easiest things to really conceptualize. You have this grandfather or something like that who is, you know, the the patriarch of the family and you hold them with reverence and then eventually they die, but you're not sure um, how to process that. So maybe early man was like, okay, you know, well, they're still here. They're still watching over us. They're still protecting us. You know, we may not be able to see them. We may not be able to sense them, but they're still there. And uh, science nowadays is almost kind of, you know, coming full circle and bringing about things like genetic memories and stuff like that. I mean, that's it's not a horror movie. It's not even a movie at all, but the Assassin's Creed series of video games, they get into that with uh, the animus. They'll put that on the guy's head and he's able to access genetic memories from, you know, his past ancestors and stuff like that, which uh, as a narrative device, I think is incredible. I think that's cool, you know, but I think there's a lot of directions they could go into that, although I did hear that the Assassin's Creed movie was garbage, so... Uh, well, I can't speak anything, too, about the Assassin's Creed movie, but I do agree with genetic memory, because that is something that, you know, I, I think that is uh, still something that exists. Uh, for example, I mean, I remember being young, and when I was little, I would still have dreams about, you know, me smoking. And this is way before I took up smoking. <laughs> My mother was a smoker, and she smoked the whole time she had me, so I feel like there is some sort of, uh, there is some sort of relevance to genetic memory like that. Well, even on a deeper level, I mean, uh, I was listening, I heard something about this the other day, but, you know, a lot of people have fear of snakes, and this goes back to before we were even homo sapiens, this goes back before we were even primates, this goes back to when we were still little woodland creatures, and our... When we were fairies, or nymphs, okay. No, 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 we weren't fairies or nymphs, it doesn't work like that, those are different Those are categories. both woodland creatures. Those are, those are mythical woodland creatures. So, are we talking talking about like squirrels or what uh whatever it was little chipmunks or whatever that we evolved eventually into primates from but, forest uh, monkeys yeah something like that but our main uh natural predator was serpents so the way that our eyes evolved over time over the generations was so that we could track the movements of things like snakes and stuff like that and you go back to all these early mythologies and they talk about serpents and dragons and stuff like that and I think that's the way the interview I was listening to, this was a long time ago that I was hearing this, but they were talking about it and they were saying, you know, that's an extension of those genetic memories of being afraid of serpents and knowing that you have to protect yourself from them. So I thought that was very interesting. And, you know, tying it into these horror movies, I think we have uh, the same concept. I think we have a lot of fears that we've shared over the generations and stuff like that. I mean, obviously the fear of death or bodily harm and stuff like that. Those are, you know, things that affect people on a very real level, things that people are very afraid of, for sure. So, And speaking of uh, bodily harm, let's uh, kind of segue that to, say, body horror. Do you think that is also one of these things that we have some sort of innate fear about? Uh, and I can only speak about that from my perspective. Uh, I definitely have a fear of, of some sort of uh, body horror to myself. You know, like if my eyeballs decide to explode, like, you know, something like that, or if my arm grew tentacles, something very Akira-like. Well, we have we have a fascination with stuff like that. Uh, you just go on YouTube, and it's top ten clips of people, you know, getting their bodies completely maimed or whatever, stuff like that. I mean, that's something that people have this weird fascination with, seeing stuff like that. Uh, and I think part of it is, is we all probably have experience of somebody who, you know, messed their body up or something like that. I had a buddy when I was a kid who uh, was playing with a bottle rocket and he put it, he put one of them in his pocket and it went off in his pocket. So he had like a giant scar down the side did of his body. Did he blow his nuts off? No, he didn't blow his nuts off, but he did burn a good chunk of skin from probably like his uh, mid-abdomen mid to like his lower thigh. I feel like that 
could have been like a really good pickup line like hey you want to see my scar yeah oh yeah absolutely as he as he grew into an adult i'm sure he was probably like you know if probably he didn't used that. use that as a pickup line i would be really disappointed well that could go either way i mean he's got to know his audience and he's got to you know for if it's like a squeamish his girl, audience that he's gonna fuck if it's a sque- yeah if it's a squeamish girl and they get to that point he might have to be like hey baby let's turn the lights off or you know you don't you don't want to see this uh so i don't know i don't know that could kind of be a double-edged sword but um like i say we have this weird fascination with it uh uh, we have a weird fascination with things like that because so many things can go wrong. I think um, <coughs> my first introduction to something like that was when I was a kid, my dad's appendix burst. And I would consider that body horror because it's like, you know, as a kid, you hear that and you're like, well, wait, what's an appendix? Oh, well, it's this organ, but you don't even really use it. What? Well, why is it in there? How did it burst? Well, we don't really know. Uh, it just kind of does that sometimes. And it's like, but, but I'm not using it. Like, what's what? What? You know, so it leads to more questions than it does answers, which is really horrific in my mind. Uh, but I mean, it's the same thing. I mean, body horror, you know, um, could be could constitute anything i mean a heart attack would technically be body horror like i would be horrified if i was having a heart attack or a stroke right now you know that would be that would be terrifying yeah but you'd smell toast and we'd know yeah and i'd start slurring my words and even more so things like that yeah there would there would be warning signs so personally from my you know for me I think uh, bodily integrity, if we lose that, it's sort of losing the idea of what we have in reality as far as what we can... what we can approach, you know, the the reality that we're able to kind of understand. So if we lose that bodily integrity, uh, it seems to be one of those things that will really fuck us up. Do you think there is something other than uh, something more than that to the horror of body integrity? Is there something that's related to the soul, perhaps? Maybe. I mean, um, I I do like literature also. I mean, I haven't been reading as much as uh, I used to. Great Scott is very well read, guys. I, I try to be. I try to keep up on stuff. Actually, it's it's unfortunate. Like, I'm such a piece of trash nowadays. Like, I don't, I hardly do anything. Like, nowadays, I just watch, like, weird movies on YouTube and stuff like that and fall down rabbit holes on there. So, I'm much more into that aspect of things. But, when I was still somewhat literate, uh, I was reading the works of William S. Burroughs, who I don't know if you're familiar with. He wrote Junkie, Naked Lunch, a very prolific American writer. I'm aware of him, but I have not read his work. Well, fair enough. I'll, uh, I'll spare you all the details, but he did re- uh, write this one book that I read. I read it when I was in high school, and it was called The Western Lands, and the very start of the book, I was actually just reading it again the other day because I fished it out and was sort of thumbing through it, and the very start of the book, he's talking about how uh, the nuclear bomb was a plot not just to kill people but to destroy their souls because it's an electromagnetic weapon and the soul is an electromagnetic thing it's an electromagnetic entity that surrounds us and envelops our entire body so the end goal of the nuclear bomb was to wipe out people's souls and destroy a soul glut which was like the whole purpose of the book was uh, the western lands it was based on the Egyptian book of the dead and the soul's journey through the afterlife and stuff like that the premise was was there's so many dead souls waiting to get through to the afterlife that there's just you know a backlog so they're having to kill people with these weapons but they don't want to create anything to where it's creating more souls going in so that's why they created a nuclear bomb and Oppenheimer was in on it the whole time that bastard so hmm. they really he really goes in on Oppenheimer on that one so which is uh, probably justified I think if we're talking about horror uh, Oppenheimer creating the nuclear bomb like that's probably one of the most horrific things that's happened in the last uh, 2000 or so years I would say you're right. Uh, I went to Hiroshima a long time ago on the study abroad trip to Japan. We went to the, the museum where they covered a lot of the history <clears throat> of the nuclear bomb. And you good? <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah. And the fact that you know the people that lived through that is it's really hard to take. Um, 
I'm not sure if you're getting choked up or if you're legitimately like coughing or something like that. So no, I am kind of choked up about it because oh, you know being there and. Uh, seeing some of the things that, uh, you know, they were only depicted in, say, you know, just these were only like wax statues with people with their, their, their face melting off. And that was really hard to take because, you know, you're seeing this just in a museum, but you're not actually, you're not actually seeing these people go through that. And that is probably the most horrific thing the fact of what people can do to other people. And that's, uh, I think that's sort of the crux of why um, I don't watch horror movies. And it also ties into Akira, what we were talking about, because that, you know, a big part of the body horror from that came from uh, the angst from the nuclear bombs that were dropped on there and seeing the mutilations and stuff like that that were affecting people. A big part of that movie was about, you know, nuclear war and stuff like that. And anyways, uh, coming back to the, the point that I was talking about, I think the main reason reason why I don't watch horror movies these days or in general is just because I think that there are things in the real world that are far more horrific than like movie villains and oh, yeah. stuff like that. Absolutely. Horror characters like, you know, Chucky, a scary doll that kills people. Yeah, it's kind of scary. That's kind of scary. But what's more scary, that or the fact that, you know, human beings can torture each other and throw each other into vats of acid and stuff like that. Like that. That's, that to me is far more terrifying. It's scarier when it's something that takes place, mm-hmm. obviously. When you have something that you know you're going into it as a monster movie, you really have to have a different kind of a different set of expectations. So you can't go into something that's based on real life with the same expectations as knowing that something is based in fiction. And that's kind of, you know, where it's a little bit different. It's like apples and oranges. You kind of have to realize that, uh, like, you know, uh, for example, if I've seen a very intense movie, like um, I just watched one with uh, my friend Veronica, and it was called 2LDK. And it was a Japanese horror movie where these two girls who were both actresses that were competing for the same part, they ended up destroying each other. Mm. Kind of like Black Swan almost, a little bit. Very, actually, it was a very, it was somewhat comparable to Black Swan. Not quite the same. But kind of the point where you're getting into the psyche of the characters themselves and you're identifying with them so much that... Uh, what you're watching is putting your nerves very much on edge. You know, that is a different kind of scare than if you're going into a movie where here's an undead killer and here's what's going to happen and we're going to do this and then we're going to do that and then we're going to wrap up the movie, you know, in a, in a neat little bow. It's it's different, you know. It's sort of like going to watch a, a scary movie because you know it's going to be entertaining, you know. Um, say, for example... You went to watch, say if you went to watch Infinity War, right? That's a movie that may have taken it out of you. Another movie that I haven't seen, by the way. So I, I really haven't been watching a lot of movies lately. But anyways, continue. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, you know, versus something uh, like, say, Ant-Man and the Wasp, where that's definitely more on the entertainment aspect. So there are different uh, spectrums for horror movies. Um... For me, like 2LDK was, you know, uh, as a woman, it hit hard because it looked at a lot of different points of the female psyche, even if you didn't necessarily identify with one of the protagonists, per se, because it was only, you know, there were only two actors in that movie. Um, If you're going into something that's more of like an ensemble film that has a lot of characters that are going to die anyway it's a little bit easier to not get attached to them. You can have more fun with it. You know, you can be there for the scares. You can be there for the really cool kills. You can be there for the special effects. But after the movie ends, you can walk away from it and not have any baggage. Right. And that's, that's ultimately to me what I would define as a horror movie is a movie that 
does cause you to feel uncomfortable or some piece mm-hmm. of media that really makes you uncomfortable and is just like, man, I don't know about this. Uh, that's why I'm a big, I'm a huge fan of uh, the Black Mirror series on Netflix. Like, I love that show. Uh, so, like, because it does that to you. Like, some of those episodes, though, I showed you the one episode with... Uh, with Kurt Russell's son. Kurt Russell's yeah. son, yeah, Playtest. That was a great episode. It was. It was a great episode because it had so many aspects of horror. It had the jump scares. It had the... Um, it had the... You know, growing dis-ease of the characters. It's like, oh, this is kind of like fun and comedic, and like, oh wait, shit, I'm in this situation. Oh god, this is not, this isn't good. You know, it took you on that ride, um, that suspenseful, you know, take where you're going down the road with this character, and it's like, oh man, you're going from good to bad to worse to, oh man, that might not even happened, and you just, you know, imagined it all, and that's how fucked up our brains are because they'll like play these weird tricks on us and that in itself is terrifying Mm -hmm. Uh, so before we wrap up why do you think it is that people enjoy horror movies in your own perspective I think people like to feel whether it's good bad anything I think um I think a lot of these things are tied to our childhood, too. I think to a great degree. I think, uh, you know, me as a professional wrestler, pro wrestling was one of the first forms of media I was ever introduced to. My parents hated it. But um, if anything, that just pushed me into it even more because I was like, well, why do you not want me to watch this? Like, what's what's going on over here? (laughs) Um, So, you know, you see these things and you just become uh, attached to them to a degree emotionally because or you become attached to the feeling that they elicit for me watching wrestling as a kid you see this battle between good and evil um, and that's you know to me pro wrestling is at its best when it's a morality play when it is defined good versus defined evil when it is black versus white uh, and that's not really very realistic there's a lot of shades and gray in life but I mean there is at the opposite end of those spectrums there is more of a very dark gray and more of a very light gray you know so to me I I enjoy that aspect of it for horror fans I think it's the same thing I think you know if you are really scared of something your adrenaline starts racing your heart starts pumping all these things happen in your body that maybe you're not necessarily aware of when you're a child that uh, that affect you and that eventually you can get you know I don't want to say addicted to but you know, it definitely becomes a process that you want to repeat and you want to feel the same way. So if I'm watching a movie like, oh man, I don't know, let's say Poltergeist, and it really well, scares that me. that movie. And it, well, it, well, yeah, it fucked up the girl that was in it. So, you know, that's... that's well, she thing. died of some weird stomach disease. To be fair, she was like a total professional. But, yeah, yeah I mean, she did die of this weird stomach disease. That's that's a whole other thing that we could talk about is the way that children are treated in Hollywood and stuff like that. That's a whole, that's a topic for another. Uh, Can we get Corey Feldman on that podcast? Because uh, I'm sure he has a lot of fans. I don't know what your budget is for that, but I, I would love oh, to, it, de- it, it, I would love to be a part nothing. of it. I would love to, we could do, uh, we could do um, a crossover episode with uh, with Romy's podcast because he goes into those topics. There would topics. be so many microphones happening. Red Pill Report, check it out, by the way. But uh, anyways... Uh, coming back to wrap up what we were talking about yeah I think people can become attached to those feelings just like you know if you watch a different kind of movie maybe an action movie or something like that it's the same thing and you get the the thrill of seeing the action and stuff like that it's the same thing you get attached to these emotions that you feel and that these movies elicit out of you and you try and just repeat that so it's almost like a process addiction like gambling or something like that yeah yeah, actually yeah I can see that Um, and that's why you probably sit through so many shitty horror movies uh, so that you can see the one good one that actually you know scares you and you're like oh man this is great I don't necessarily sit through them because I mean there have been well there have been movies that I would start you know and then stop because I'm like I'm not going to be into this movie obviously and then you know pick up something else um, but I think uh, for me, it's sort of like when I find that movie that's really going to itch that that one sweet spot, right? You know, I will sit in there and, and watch it and enjoy it. And I kind of have to look at, like, why am I doing this? You know? And I think part of it is kind of... 
need something to bring me back to reality. I need something to, which is funny because like, you know, movies are, are, are not necessarily a great way to be brought back to reality. But um, I have to have something that can kind of like wake me up more so. So that's why you would say that you like horror movies. Yeah, um, I guess in an easy way, it's like, uh, for example, like uh, because I have had previous uh, issues with self-injury. So for me, that like with, you know, body modification and piercings, that is a socially acceptable form of, of self-mutilation. Somewhat, somewhat socially just, acceptable. It depends on what you're doing. Right. Well, yeah. But it's like if you're watching a horror movie because you need to be brought back to reality, that's essentially what a lot of uh, people that do self-injury do. You know, they need something to kind of like snap them out of whatever it is they're going through. Well, that's that's a common thing for people who cut. They'll say, they'll say they cut themselves so that they can relieve some of that pressure. So you right. would say it's kind it's of basically almost the same that. thing. Yeah, okay. it's basically that. I do appreciate a good horror movie. I do appreciate, like, even when I'm not going through something like that, I do appreciate a good horror movie based on, you know, just based on the storyline, you know? So it kind of depends on the mood that I'm in. So sometimes you go for the more story heavy. Sometimes you go for the more. If I want something that's gonna, yeah. If I want something that's gonna be more of an outlet for like self injury, then I will go with something that's more like emotionally heavy, like The Babadook or Dark Water or anything like that. If I want something that's gonna be a little bit more fun and not something that I need to right. If I want something that's gonna be more so like not just snap me out of some sort of like weird psychosis and weird hole that I've dug myself into, I'll just go for like Freddy for my Jasons, for my Chuckies, anything that's like a fun slasher. Which again ties into the, the childhood aspect of it because you were introduced to those movies when you were when you were still pretty young, yeah? Yeah, um, just Freddy for the most part. I didn't discover like, uh, like I was actually very much afraid of like the Child's Play movies and I didn't have any sort of investment in Friday the 13th uh, until I was much older. But the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, they always stuck with me and I think that's part of because of of the uh, the whole dream theory factor, and that's what got me started on that. So that's what got got me started on that bullshit, and that's kind of the reason why I'm really into like Carl Jung and all of his stuff. That should be that should be an episode of this podcast you do like how the how the dream theory relates to Nightmare on Elm Street and stuff like that. Or I'm sure you've probably already done that. I have not, but you know, uh, if I can find somebody that's well versed in Carl Jung, you know, you can give us a shout out. Uh, but before we wrap up, uh, what would you like to promote? What would I like to promote? I'd like to promote heavy metal wrestling. That's a uh, wrestling. Hell yeah. Wrestling. I've never been there, but I want to go. Well, it's interesting that you've never been there because we have free Thursday shows every Thursday night, 61 Kinder Drive, San Antonio, Texas. It is 100% free. We are thinking, we're considering, we're kicking around the idea of having a recommended donation at the door, but... You know, if you don't happen to have any money, you can just give whatever you want. You don't have to give anything at all. You can come and enjoy a good hour of wrestling at uh, 61 Kinder Drive. It's completely free. If you choose to donate, that's cool. But the other aspect that I really like about it is it's BYOB there. So you can, as long as it's cans, as long as it's no glassware, you can bring whatever you want. You can have some beers. You can drink a little bit. You can kick back. You can watch some badass wrestling. And we also, if you don't want to do it, maybe you don't live in San Antonio, Texas, we also stream it on Twitch every Wednesday night. We'll stream the previous week's episode every Wednesday. And then we have the new week's episode every Thursday. I'm just going to keep talking over your burp. Thanks. Yeah, once I'm in promo mode, you can't stop me. So... Yeah, like I was saying, we're going to stream every episode Wednesday nights, and then we'll have the new episode live on Thursday, which you can see. Personally, I think there's a lot of replay value because on the Twitch streams, we've got our backstage interview segments. We've got all kinds of stuff like that. We've got our commentary team, obviously, which you don't get to hear if you're live there at the show. So it's always good to go to the show and then go back and watch it and see what you missed. Um, And then, of course, we also do our premiere events over at the guillotine room, which is uh, kind of a horrific bar, I guess, in a way. It's actually in, in, located inside of a gay bar, but they have a lot of like horrific elements. Gay bar! Gay bar! Gay horror. That's going to be, uh, that's a subgenre of the horror films. So, is that uh, horror with an H or a W? You know, I was having this conversation with somebody else the other day, but that wasn't because of anything like that. It's just because I'm sort of hard of hearing, and I wasn't sure if what? I said... 
Yeah, pretty much. So I wasn't sure if they said whore or horror, and uh, it was, you know, we were having to go back and forth on that. But we do have those premiere events. Those ones are not free, but you get what you pay for, and it's at a bar, so you can order whatever kind of drinks you want, stuff like that. It's fun. Um, you know, go out, buy the ticket, enjoy the ride. Um, let's see, what else do I have to promote? Where can we follow you online? So recently, I just changed every handle I have on social media to Mr. Great Scott to you. Okay. So that's the number two and then the letter U at the very end, but it's all one word. Mr. Great Scott to you. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I do not have Snapchat. Uh, I don't know how to use it. I'm technologically... I don't know how to use it either. I'm technologically illiterate. Um, I downloaded it and I tried playing around with it, but I was like, eh, this is just like the Instagram story feature. We're old so, guys. Yeah, pretty much. So if anything, I've got too much social media at this point. I need to sort of uh, cultivate that and you know, narrow it down a little bit, but you can find me on any of those. Hit me up. Let me know if I talked about something on this podcast that you liked. Let me know if I talked about something you didn't like, uh, or just talk to me about wrestling. I'll talk to you. Maybe as long as you're not weird and coming into my DMS, asking me to put you in a Boston crab, uh, which has happened on occasion. Um, you know, that's, we want to talk about horror. That's some weird stuff when you've got, you know, 50 year old guys hitting you up, wanting to buy used gear that you've, wrestled in so you know it's a it's a it's a strange subculture for sure wrestling oh you know they're just sniffing it well i don't know what they're doing i honestly i don't like to think about it when i started thinking about it i was like well do they buy it and like try to put it on or something like that and like wear it and pretend to be me but i think they sniff it and then try to put it on probably i don't know so um you know either way you know different strokes for different folks we were talking earlier about kink shaming we're not we're not in the business of that so we're not going to do that but uh you know it's not that i'm in the business of kink shaming it's i'm gonna probably kink shame you anyway because i'm a bitch but he also does birthday parties so hit him up i don't do birthday parties i don't wrestle at birthday parties i wrestle for uh, i didn't say you wrestled at birthday parties i just say you said you did birthday parties i don't even do my, I, I don't even do my own birthday party like i'm not I'm, what about that one year you wore a Pikachu hat. I don't remember that. I'm it's on my Instagram. I'll, put, I'll, I'll bring it up, guys. Oh, wait, wait, wait. It wasn't a hat. It was like one of those things where it was like a little cutout with a string on it. Ah, close enough. You're like 28, whatever. Yeah, something like that. Well, I also get kicked in the head a lot, so, you know, uh, it's hard for me to remember some of these things sometimes. But uh, my point being, I do wrestle at wrestling events, so I doubt there's any wrestling promoters that are listening to this right now. But holler at me, and uh, we'll talk some business. We'll figure something out. I also, I haven't even talked to you about this, but I do have my own wrestling talk show interview segment. It's called Matt Chat, which you can see on the Twitch streams for Heavy Metal Wrestling every week. I actually just debuted it at another wrestling promotion uh, two nights ago, New Texas Pro Professional okay. Wrestling. Uh, we debuted that in San Marcos, and uh, I'm also in talks with another wrestling company to do that interview segment live at their show where I'm interviewing a wrestler. Uh, occasionally, unfortunately, sometimes people will interrupt my segment. I actually very recently. I don't know what you're talking about. Recent, well, recently I was trying to interview uh, another wrestler, Joe DeMero, and uh, it was interrupted by a wrestler named Corvis, and I wound up wrestling him while I was interviewing Joe DeMero. So uh, we talk about. I don't know who either of those people are. So well, if you watch the Twitch stream at Heavy Metal Wrestling uh, on Twitch, you would know exactly who both of those people are. They're both very talented individuals. Joe DeMero more so than Corvis because Corvis interrupted me, and I don't take too kindly to that. But my point being is that I'm working on the interview game so it's weird it's weird being on the other side of it and being interviewed so uh, hopefully I was a good guest hopefully uh, the fans of your podcast were entertained somewhat. all two of them yeah all two of them well hey maybe you're gonna Shout get out. you're gonna get the great Scott bump for me I'm gonna put this on all my social media God, I fucking hope so Jesus Christ we need a bump just like send me a fucking comment guys if you hate what I'm doing tell me why yeah, throw that hate out there, guys. We, we I love hate. The more hate, the better. If you hate what I'm doing, tell me like exactly why. I mean, I will probably tell you why you're wrong, but I will more than likely take that comment to heart. So... As always, you can follow Sheebie-Jeebies on all of the major platforms. The same with Great Scott. He is on the Instagrams, the Facebooks, also the Twitters, as am I. So you just have to search for us. And I, I swear, we'll pop up right there. But until next week, don't be hating horror movies, motherfucker.